Welcome to the Brodacious Book Club. The podcast where we host a book club. And I haven't read the book. I'm your host, Matt Thomas, and with me is my good, good bro, the brostess with the mostest, Aaron Rockford. Every week we review a new book read by me and discussed with Matt. I often know very little about the books discussed, uh, providing a sort of sounding board peanut gallery with occasional humorous bent. Basically, if I understand the book by the end of the podcast, so will you, and that means we've done our job. Our goal is to help you, the listener, understand the nuances of books and stories without having to read them. Because you're busy, and we get that. Of course, we just like to issue a spoiler alert. We're going to be discussing major plot points, character development, stuff like that, so naturally, if you wouldn't like to be spoiled, we encourage you to read the book beforehand, and then come back and listen to our thoughts. And also, a little disclaimer, this podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is a comedy podcast. We mean no disrespects to the books or the authors discussed, and always encourage reading the books for your We're not professional critics, we're just two people who think we're funny. So, with that all said, let's dive right into it. What are we reading today, Eric? Well, given that it is, I was going to say given that it is now October, Mm. even though it's It's not not. as of when we are (laughs) recording this, but by the time you listen to this, it will be October. We're also recording this at like 11.50 in the morning, which is not exactly the peak time for spooky No, not at all, not at all. But But it's fine. But it's fine, we'll pretend all the lights are off. That's all that matters. (laughs) Just, I'll I'll pull the curtains. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. But for your purposes, maybe you're listening to this at a darker and spookier time, (laughs) in a fun way, not in an existential I was going to say, this is a a pretty spooky time, to (laughs) be honest. As I was saying that, I was like, "Eh, it's already (laughs) kind of dark. Um, Darkest timeline. But anyway, given all of that, today we are reading The Luminous Dead by Caitlin Starling. Ooh, Spooky. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what's, I, well, I guess you kind of covered the genre being uh, <laughs> horror, but but what kind in it's, particular? It's sci-fi horror, which is a pretty standard combination. Like, you know, Alien is, I feel like, the, the classic example. But oftentimes I think there's an element of science fiction to a lot of the horror that we see. Like, most zombie mm-hmm, movies mm-hmm. And, and games and stuff have a science elements mm-hmm. to them. This is definitely more in the vein of, of Alien. Okay. It definitely rides that line a little bit between science fiction and horror, but just given the the way this is written, and maybe we can talk about this at the end, but I I think it falls very squarely into the horror genre. Okay, and do we have a date? Yeah. I don't have it written down, but I can find it. I can find these good for for content. Oh, it came out last year. Oh, okay, Um, so it's recent. Yes, it's a very recent book. Okay, well, very exciting. Sci-fi horror book written last year, The Luminous Dead. Guessing maybe maybe Mm zombie-ish direction, who knows? Do you want to paint us a picture of the setting? So we're we're set sort of vaguely in the future. I don't think we're given a year, but I could be wrong about that. Is this distant? Or? Um, di- very distant. Okay. Like if this is sort of humans have colonized the galaxy future. There's a bunch of different planets that people have settled on and have been settled there for long enough that there's like an established culture to each oh, planet. Oh, okay. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like they still have connections with others, but it's quite far past what we are currently mm-hmm. doing. Okay, I gotcha. Gotcha. So does our story take place on a particular world or a number yes. of worlds? Or? Yeah. Yes, it takes place on a planet called Cassandra 5, and the planet itself is mostly used for mining expeditions. Okay. We don't get, like, a really good picture of sort of the broader universe beyond Cassandra 5, mm-hmm. but we, we get the sense that it's a very stratified class system to ah, some extent. I see, Okay. Basically, like, it's very hard for people to get off of this planet. Lots of the people on the planet don't 
have a lot of means to spare. Okay. There's like there's people who sort of control the mining expedition. Sure. I'm not entirely sure what they're mining for, but like something valuable. Mm, okay. So there's people who control the mining operations mm-hmm. who are wealthy, but okay. the majority of people are just kind of workers, either sure. miners or factory workers or whatever, gotcha, like gotcha. In, that make some of the equipment for the mining. Okay. I'm conjuring images of that. I, I apologize. I don't know if it was Rogue One or what, but that, that kind of fancy gambling city that they, they have to break into. Did you, are you following oh, me? No, no. Less more, fancy? Definitely less fancy. Oh, like, okay. Think, I got almost like a Victorian England kind of vibe Ooh. from like the sort of main areas of this society. Sure, sure, sure. Like we we basically don't see it at all. Okay. The actual planet itself, we only ever see the caves. Interesting. <laughs> really? That's yes. super cool. Okay. Kind of creepy. Yes, yes. And this is maybe a good place to put the warning that, like, this is a very claustrophobic story. Ah. If that's a big issue for anyone listening, take care, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's hopefully less intense in the telling than it was in the reading, but just be warned about that. With that it warning issue, <laughs> I guess now that we have an idea of the setting and where this takes place, you want to introduce us to our protagonist? Yes. Maybe some of the major players? There's probably something else I should mention first, which is that the plan it was home before humans settled it was home to some creatures that they call tunnelers Mm. which we don't get a good sense of what these are for most of the novel just that they are very dangerous like they're big and they can take somebody out pretty easily Mm -hmm. they're entirely underground so they don't pose any issue for the people above ground Um, But when you're in the caves, like, the first people that they sent in on these mining expeditions Mm -hmm. were eaten by tunnelers. Okay. So Um, by by big, do you mean, like, sandworm big? No, we're not quite at sandworm level, Mm. but definitely, like, larger than a human. I see. Maybe maybe the kind of size that, like, I was going to say, like, a shark to a human kind of size, but maybe a little bit bigger than that. Mm, Okay, I got you. longer, probably. I see. Okay. You know, big big enough that... Indeed. Big (laughs) enough that it can chomp. Chomp, chomp. Chomp, chomp. For the the viewers. Who were Erin looked at me and then with her hands made a chomping motion so that you so we're all on the same page. For those of you not on the live stream, that's yeah. Um, the the tunnelers are blind, mm. but they can sense smell or taste or whatever heat. Sure. So the cavers have to wear these special suits mm-hmm. that don't give off any heat or any scent. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the the suits are these like very high tech inventions. They pretty much take care of all of your bodily needs. Oh, okay. And, like, people get surgery first so that, like, it... The suit plugs into their body. Yeah, exactly. Because it, like, disposes of waste. And Mm. I think they have to have... Like, I think they inject food. Mm. There's, like, a spot to... How pleasant. Plug it in. <laughs> sure. Okay. And get the rush of nutrients and then it carries the waste out. It's probably not super fun. No, but excellent world building. Very important mm-hmm. to know all that before we yes. get into it. So yes. I appreciate that. Thank you. Is there anything else we should know? I think that's the main one. Okay. In terms of characters, which was your original question. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. We actually only have two major characters in this book. Wow. Yeah. When I said claustrophobic, I mean that both literally and kind of figuratively in terms of the story itself. We don't even go outside. There's only two characters. This is kind of shaping up to be similar to some of my favorite movies, you know, like 12 Angry Men, um, The the Man from Earth. Really, really great if no one's checked it out. But movies that take place all in one single room with a a handful of characters. Yeah. This would probably make a really interesting movie. I don't know if it would, like, 
if it would be super cinematically mm -hmm. interesting because it is somebody in a cave mm -hmm. the entire time. Mm -hmm. But yes, it does have that very bottle episode. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. This is like a bottle episode, but it's a whole, it's a whole book. A whole book. <laughs> Outstanding. Um, and our our main character, her name is I think it's pronounced Gyre. Sure. It could be Gyre, but it's G Y R E. She really desperately wants to get off the planet. We don't know why at first, aside from the fact that just like planet's not great for those without money. And she taught herself how to cave, like how to climb and how to all the various caving <laughs> stuff. Sure. You know, and she is beginning a job at the, the start of the story that she has basically lied her way into. She sort of forged a yeah. resume. The only way to do it. <laughs> Take notes, youth of the world. <laughs> and the job's a little bit odd. And like, there's definitely been a couple of, let's call them yellow flags. Okay. Throughout the process. Such as? Just stuff about, like, not really seeing a lot of people that were involved, mm. and they're paying her a lot of money for mm -hmm. it that's kind of a bit odd. A little sketchy. Yeah, because it's, it's apparently a pretty simple mission, mm. but she's like, this will give me enough money to get off the planet, mm -hmm. so I'm just going to take it. Yeah. I won't have to do any other jobs ever. Right. This will be great. Yeah, and things do not go great. <laughs> Spoiler alert, yeah. it is not great. Your, your face tells me that things are very much not great. <laughs> It is, so, it is a horror novel. Yes. So. You said there's two characters. Are you, would it make more sense for you to introduce the, the other character now or throughout the story? It probably makes more sense to introduce the other character as we get going. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Then one more broad question to kind of launch us into it. What's the arc here? What's the story? The character wants to get out. She accepts this, this deal and goes into the caves and that's... That, that's the story, that's the plot, that's how we launch? Yeah, yeah, that's how we launch. The arc is a little bit difficult to get into, but I, I almost think it's a story about grief. Mmm, okay. Interesting and, and for so a horror. We'll, yeah, and so we'll we'll get into that probably as we as we go. Sounds good. And and also another question about motivation. Why does she want to leave so bad? I know that you mentioned just things are bad for Yeah, uh, we we don't get an answer to that at first. Ah, at first, okay. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think if it is a big reveal when we find that out. But I I, I think we learn it fairly early on, so I can probably just say basically she wants to find her mother. Her mother left the planet when she was a kid, and she doesn't know what happened to her, and sure. she doesn't know why her mother left, which she sort of reads as, like, abandonment. Mm -hmm. And so she wants to get off planet so she can search for her mother again. I see. Very good. Well, with that, we seem to be all poised and ready to launch right into it. Mm -hmm. So why don't, you, why don't you tell me a story, Aaron? <laughs> Okay, so like I said, the story begins in the cave with yeah. Geyer reaching, like, you know, sort of beginning this mission. And the first thing that happens is that she struggles to contact, like, the base camp. Sure. Usually there's a, a team of people on hand to kind of watch you as you go through. The other thing about the tunnelers is that they've made it so that people have to go into the caves alone. Like, that's a lot safer than going in a team. Because if you're in a team, you're more likely to be... Like noticed, noticed. Oh, yeah. Okay, I see. yeah, and and chomp. <laughs> so, so she's in alone, as is the the norm. But like usually, there's a team of people that sort of the, the base team or mm -hmm. whatever who are like guiding you through and like there if anything goes wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's unusual that like she can't get a response. Mm -hmm. Like they they have sort of communication. So she eventually goads 
somebody into talking to her in response. Sure. And they have like a couple back and forths as she's as she's beginning this journey yeah, into yeah. this cave beginning system. Beginning the descent, I guess. Yeah, beginning the descent is probably a good way to look at it. And there's I think a good amount of time spent like climbing versus walking versus crawling mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I guess depending on like the type of cave that you're in. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about caving. I did like some googling just to beef <laughs> this up, but I I caving seems like the worst thing in the world it in does. my mind. I so. agree. I couldn't agree more, especially <laughs> caves that have water in them. I don't yes. understand it. Not yes. that that's the, the case in this story, just I thought I'd throw it out there, because that's yes. particularly horrifying. Yes, it is. But uh, Which is possibly why, like, I picked this for this month, partially because I did find it very, I don't know if scary is quite the right word, but definitely very suspenseful and yeah. thrilling. Yeah. Probably that has something to do with the fact that I am genuinely very scared of caving. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I digress. Asgeir goes through the caves, and is having contact with this one woman. She starts to suspect that this one woman is the only person topside. Mm-hmm. Like, there isn't actually a team of people, it's just this one woman. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, another... We're probably getting into, like, orange and red flags mm-hmm. at this point, but it is now too late for her to turn back. She's already going down. She's yeah. already going down. I was going to say, is, is this one woman on the other side of the radio, is that our other character? Yes. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's, this is already scary. I yeah. love it. Okay, so she's really, really alone. Then. She's really, really alone. Okay. This woman, her sort of handler, I guess, she eventually introduces herself as M. Is that E-M or is that just the letter M? E-M. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> this M is also the funder and the head of the expedition. Mm. And and there's there's no video feed, it's just voices. Mm. And they are in the dark. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, okay. And I love this, by the way. Yeah. I'm already loving this. We need to do horror more often. <laughs> I'm loving this. And Geyer sort of figures that sh- what she's doing down there is like taking scans so mm. that M can like sell the route to one of the mining companies mm. or something like that. There's also, they, they have some early conflict over the fact that one of the things M can do is administer drugs to Geyer that oh. are like stored in, in the suit. In the suit. Sure. But she can like activate them for her. So, like, she starts one of the mornings by, like, injecting her with adrenaline to wake her up, and Gaia's like, no, 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 we're not doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they have some early conflict over that, but Emma agrees not to do that. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a scene pretty early on where Gaia is wandering around, sort of, before bedtime, because mm-hmm. obviously she has to sleep. Mm-hmm. This is, like, a multi-day, multi-week kind yeah. of journey. Okay. She... Multi-week? Yeah. Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> She's down in this cave for a really long time. <laughs> That Spoiler alone alert. is settling. Yeah, yes. or unsettling, I should say. Geyer ends up kind of slipping and falling and almost gets crushed to death. So, like, the cave is pretty dangerous, and she actually finds the body of another caver that was killed in, like, a similar manner. Mm-hmm. And Emma's kind of like, eh, don't, don't worry about that. It's fine, probably. Like, obviously, this was somebody who had been down in the cave previous, and Geyer mentions, like, wanting to do a funeral, because it's usually not really worth the expense to like try and get bodies out of the cave, kind mm-hmm. of a Mount Everest situation. Mm-hmm. So Geyer's like, oh, I'll do a little funeral on the way back. And, and M seems to find this to be kind of touching, which is mm-hmm. like the first emotion that she really shows. Mm-hmm. And pretty shortly after that, Geyer starts to really question what's going on, questions like the, the body and questions what she's doing down in this cave. M reveals that she knows Geyer lied on her resume. Mm-hmm. And I think this is when the 
thing about Gyra's mother comes out because mm-hmm. she she mentions that that's why she wants to get off world and M promises to like help her with that even mm-hmm. above and beyond the payment if sure. they go through with this so that's sort of their early agreement and and again M M promises not to give her any drugs anymore promises not to lie to her that they're going to be pretty equal on this and M has sent some people down before it's mm-hmm. all sort of vague at this point mm-hmm. but it seems like this is the first time she's really been like talking to one of them to this this degree so we get we get a map within the book but obviously i can't recreate that in audio form indeed (laughs) would be difficult it would be difficult but basically there's within this this cave system there's camps Okay. I think there's yeah. six of them. Sure. And so there are camps that M has already stocked with things mm-hmm. through some of these other cavers. Sure. Are these and are these along the descent or is it more it's, horizontal? It's sort of horizontal if I'm okay. remembering the map correctly. Like there is there is a, a, a long drop at mm-hmm. one point, but a lot of it is horizontal. Okay. And and Geyer has to kind of go back and forth between the camps hauling supplies because I guess in preparation for like another climber to potentially come coming through. Also, we find out at this point that there are going to be sumps, which are water-filled mm-hmm. passages okay. that did she's going to have to traverse. Did they, did they explain that in the book, or did you learn that in your, your research? Sumps? Um, no, they do They do use the word sumps in the book, oh, okay. uh, but is that it, is a real thing. I was going to ask yeah. if that's an actual term. <laughs> that is the actual term. Okay, so it's just depression with, with a pool in it, pretty much? Yeah, yeah, that like you have to swim through to get okay. to the other side of the tunnel, which, again, sounds like just the worst thing. <laughs> so M tells Geyer that she came down into this tunnel originally, or this cave system, and she went down with a team, which used to happen in like the early days before sure. they realized that teams were a bad idea. Yeah. Went down with her team, and the team was killed, but M got out. Sure. And she says she wants someone to get as far as she got when her team was killed. Right. And Geyer's like, oh, well, are you trying to like get their bodies out? And M says, no, it seems like it's more of just like a closure thing. Mm-hmm. She also says that like 35 cavers have tried before Geyer. Not all of them have died. Mm, okay, sure. Why would she tell him that? Not a very, not a vote of confidence. Not great, not great. Especially because Geyer, like, Geyer is untrained. Te- like, she, yeah, she, she taught she herself. Yeah. But she does not have any experience in this. But M kind of believes in her and is like, oh, maybe because I guess she's different. Like, that might be the thing to make the difference. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but they, they start to sort of bond over, like, mm. talking to each other and joke around a little bit until that is that they get to camp number four Mm. well Geyer gets to camp number four and the cache of supplies that are supposed to there is gone which is troubling yes (laughs) because like they're they're sort of insulated Mm. so tunnelers don't take them because they don't know that there's anything in there worth taking interesting so so maybe a third character so something is something's amiss indeed (laughs) something bad is happening. So she realizes she must realize then that someone's down there with her. She starts to wonder if someone's down there with her. In this pitch dark, wet Yes. Oh my cave. gosh. With monsters also. Yes. <laughs> Super. So yeah, so that's that's troubling, but they don't see any other signs that somebody's been there and M is pretty insistent that like, oh no, somebody couldn't like survive down yeah, there for a possible. long time. It's not and it's and it's like her cave, so uh-huh. it's not like random people just walk in. So Geyer finds a shaft that could maybe lead to the surface Mm -hmm. and it looks like somebody tried to climb it at one point and didn't succeed because she finds another body and it's this point that she starts going through the files that I think M put sort of in the suit's 
computer system okay. for her that okay. she can access. And the files have information on all the other cavers. She finds out that 27 of the 35 have died. Right. Which is not a great... Not a great margin. Not no. a great margin. Not great odds. She finds out that this body that she has just found, its name was Jenny. Okay. And so she's sort of keeping note of like when she finds the bodies, what ones they look like. Mm-hmm. I forget how she identifies that. I'm not sure if it's like... Because they, they're still wearing like their suits. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember if it's through like identification on the suit or mm-hmm. what. But anyway, she finds that five of them made it to like the final camp, camp number six. Mm-hmm. And sort of beyond that point is like where they need to go. Sure. They have to go through something that they refer to as like the hell sum. Super. <laughs> so at this point, Geyer has made it to camp number six. No, no. no okay. she. This is just in the files. In the, rec- oh, okay, in the, in the records. Gotcha. So five of the, the cavers made it to the final camp. Two of them at that point went, actually, no, screw this. I'm out of here. Yeah. And turned around and survived, got out of the caves. Okay. And three of them proceeded into the hell sump and died. Interesting. Is there any, I, I suppose <laughs> yeah. you would tell me if there was, but there's no information about like what was said between them and M on their, She no? doesn't have any information on uh, that, okay, no. I see. Yeah. <laughs> but Geyer sort of gets it into her head at this point that she wants to get justice for these cavers who have died down here. Interesting. So she keeps talking to M in the hopes that maybe she can like get something incriminating that she can then use once she gets out mm. of the caves again. That's just sort of something going on in the background. You're right. Geyer gets to the long drop, which is like the big sort of descent. Mm. She almost dies when she's doing it. Mm. Like I think she slips or something when she's, they sort of have these like bolts gotcha. and like rope. In the dark. Yeah, yeah. in oh, the dark. Yeah. She has, we get the explanation that like, she has sort of like a headlight, mm-hmm. a headlamp, mm-hmm. but they also have technology that like takes it in and sort of recreates like a 3D model. Oh, okay. So that, it. yeah, so it's almost like a sophisticated, recreated night vision type kind of thing. Of, yeah. Yeah, 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 but like more sophisticated than that. And, and it can see, I guess, a lot farther and better than she could with just her headlamp, oh, I think. Cool. Is okay. the idea. Yeah. So, so she almost dies, but she manages to catch herself. And she and M fight over whether she should go back up. Like M's like, no, like stop climbing, go back up, have a night's rest, like stop this. And Guy's like, no, 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 I can make it. Mm. And then M appears to her in video format, is able to sort of project. Okay. Yeah, beam herself into her head yeah, or whatever. Pretty yeah, pretty much. Into her face. Yeah. Pretty much, like through the helmet or whatever. Jarring. Yeah, probably a little <laughs> bit. And Guy realizes that M is pretty and also that she is way too young to have been down here with the team because that was something that was only happening like a good long while ago interesting so that's an immediate concern and Geyer confronts Emma about that do we do we have any indication of how old she's I think I think they're sort of similar in age I think they're both kind of like late teens early 20s maybe and like they they stopped doing team investigations like at least 10 years ago or something like that like it's been it's been a while so it's clear from her age that she could not have been down in the in the mm-hmm. tunnels when there were teens. So Geyer confronts her about that and is like, you definitely lied to me about that. Mm-hmm. And M admits that she wasn't down there, but her parents were. And it was their team mm-hmm. that got attacked. I think they got like attacked by tunnelers is specifically what happened. And her mother made it out, but her dad didn't okay. and was like lost down there. And her mother went on to found one of these like big tech companies and M designs the suit 
roots. So, like, she's very wealthy and also involved in sort of the caving enterprise, mining enterprise. And this is just what she's been sort of using her money on, is sending cavers down there with, like, upgraded suits. Like, like every time she, like, makes adjustments to the suits and stuff and and sends another person down there. Right. So what end? All just for closure? Yeah, she says she wants to give her dad and the other members of the team a funeral. Okay. And we, we find out at some point, and I don't remember if it's here or later, that some number of years ago her mother disappeared and apparently went back into the cave. Ah, okay. Mm. <laughs> and and so I think that's also part of what she's doing is trying to figure out what happened to her mother. Mm. Geyer is like, screw this, I'm out. Like, you you have broken our contract, you lied to me, like, I'm, I'm gonna go. Yeah. And M threatens her with blacklisting her, like says, if you back out now, I'm gonna tell everyone that you lied on your mm. resume and you're never gonna be able to get a job again. Mm. Geyer tries to start climbing and M gives her drugs yeah. to knock her out. After she is woken up again, they have like a more a more calm conversation. Sure. M sets up this like black box. Okay. virtual black box and records their conversation so that everything will go into the black box and she can't access it. Mm-hmm. It'll just be in there and then when Geyer gets out, like, she can access it. Geyer also records their conversations. Mm-hmm. She has some sort of option to, like, start a recording from within her suit. Mm-hmm. And M basically makes her a deal that, like, get to Camp 5 and then you can turn around and I will I will pay you fully, like, no hard feelings. Mm-hmm. Just get that far mm-hmm. and then to restock it or whatever and then turn around and come back or keep going mm-hmm. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> sure yeah that's as much as you need to like fulfill the contract and that is all like in the black box so that like if Geyer does turn around and come back like M can't punish her for a mm-hmm. breach of contract or anything like that yeah there's yeah. record of it M also uploads videos from her parents expedition because mm-hmm. like I guess the, the helmets camera, are yeah. recording stuff so Geyer can like watch mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. for like information but also I guess horror. Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. That sounds troubling. Yeah. And there's some like old tunneler marks that they pass, which aren't super concerning, but mm-hmm. they indicate that perhaps there was somebody in the cave somewhat recently that like attracted the tunneler mm-hmm. and meanwhile Geyer watches these videos as she, like before she goes to bed for because there's not a lot of entertainment down sure. there <laughs> sounds horrifying um, but yeah you know, and, and, and gets to see like their final moments kind yeah. of thing which is horrifying a bit of a bummer <laughs> I guess the rationale is that's better to prepare yourself right yeah yeah so she gets to the next camp and so one of the things that's going on in the suit is this like circulating water which I think both provides liquid and also it like clean keeps Mm -hmm. her clean-ish but it has to be replaced every so often and so there's water in the cave so she goes to replace the circulating water in her suit and she sees some sort of weird fungus that neither of them can identify which is probably nothing okay (laughs) sure but she feels like somebody's watching her and she thinks she sees M's mother's face just kind of in the distance Mm. and then it disappears Mm. and she's sort of starting to be like is it possible for the, the mother's name is Isolde mm-hmm. for Isolde to be alive down here like theoretically nothing should be able to like she didn't have a suit with her when she went into the cave as far mm-hmm. as anyone knows and she begins to worry a little bit about the, the sort of digital reconstruction mm-hmm. she's a little bit worried that M could like tamper with it mm-hmm. so she kind 
of switches to her headlight more often. Meanwhile, Anne tells her that she was able to track down Geyer's mother using whatever resources that she has and finds out that her mother is alive and she is off-planet, she did leave, and that she's remarried and has three kids. So that brings up some feelings Tough. of, yeah, yeah the, the abandonment. Yeah, no, um, Geyer has technically fulfilled the parameters of like what she needed to do to get out of the, the mission. Yeah, fulfill the contract as far as they, they sort of agreed to. So she's made it to Camp 5. Yeah, she's made it to Camp 5, so she can turn around. But she's worried that if she does, she knows M will just hire more cavers, and she kind of wants to like stop this from happening. And I, I think she also doesn't really have any evidence yet in like the recordings that she's been doing that anything has necessarily gone wrong because like it's not illegal to have hired cavers mm-hmm. and and some of them just you know Perish. perished yes. 27 of them yes. it's fine and she she's struggles with the fact that like yes M is responsible for these deaths but also like she kind of has some like connection to M now mm-hmm. M has apologized and tries to help her and there's kind of a weird bonding moment where she's able to manipulate how the suit circulates the water so it feels like she's like actually having like a shower rather than just being cleaned through whatever normal mechanisms it has so it like helps her feel a lot more human I guess and she she remembers these like fungal spores that were there when she changed out her water and so she's like oh is it possible that something interfered with the water maybe that made her hallucinate maybe that's why she thought she saw Isolde's face and says there isn't any trace of anything like in the suit because it would theoretically pick up any foreign <laughs> antibodies or whatever it is that spores would Sure. Give you? Sure. There's no there's no change in her chemistry or anything. Yeah. And Em reveals that she still paid the cavers who decided to leave. Mm-hmm. And she also sent money to the families of the cavers who her didn't. Guy. Yeah. So that's kind of nice, I guess. And Geyer realizes that she understands where Em is coming from. Like, they're both kind of dealing with some, some mother issues. Yeah, indeed. In and parallel. Yeah, yeah. And she, she actually wants to help her get some closure on this. And meanwhile, M sends Geyer the file she sort of put together on Geyer's mom. So the the last camp, Camp 6, which is the one right before the Hell Sump. Yes, indeed. Geyer sleeps super heavily at the, like, the night before and then decides that she's going to keep going. She wants to try and get to the end of this. She's going to go into the Hell Sump. Interesting. You noted that she sleeps super heavily right before. Yes. Why is that? Why did you note that in particular? Because it becomes important later. Very good. Okay. Please go on. <laughs> and... M tells Geyer how to use the kill switches, mm-hmm. which is basically like she can give herself a deadly dose of morphine. Sure, okay. In case like she were to get stuck Attack somewhere. Attacked by tunnelers or something. Yeah, or or like in a situation where her options were like starve to death or morphine. Mm-hmm. So I guess mm-hmm. it's the better option probably. Yeah, and this is as far as any of the other cavers have made it, so mm-hmm. a little bit worrying. Mm-hmm. Geyer goes into the sump and things go badly. The, the currents are really strong. I think that's the main issue. Currents. And there's yeah, there's like an intersection, I guess, with like a underground river. And there's a couple of different options she can take. Like there's a couple of different tunnels and it's unclear of like which one is going to lead her to the place with the bodies. Mm-hmm. And she she sort of ends up trapped, like she picks the wrong one and ends up in like a trapped in by the current mm-hmm. in like a dead end. But there's a 
tunnel or tunnels that's not on the map because it was like more recently made than that that she ends up being able to use to get through. She sees some tiny bugs and worries that she's starting to hallucinate. She also hears some humming, which is shouldn't be there. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so she gets out of the hell sump using this sort of tunnel or tunnel and she keeps having this feeling like she's being watched and they, they manage to find sort of an alternate route I think they're going to sort of circle back to Camp 6 and try again, mm -hmm. is the plan. She also checks the logs of the supplies in the suit and, like, time and stuff, and she realizes that M drugged her right before she entered the sump, and that's why she had oh, the long sleep. Okay. So that's bad, because that's the break of their agreement. Breach of trust. <laughs> yeah, she's lying to um, her again. She thinks she sees somebody in the water. M says it's nothing, and they argue. M says that she's acting really erratic and that's partially why she like drugged, drugged her, her to help her sleep off if there was something wrong with like the water in the suit and Geyer is able to close the communication mm. and open it to a different frequency mm. which like locks them out of conversation with sure. each other okay, yeah. she sort of does it in like a fit of pettiness to mm. be like well I just won't talk to you kind of thing mm. then she can't get back on the same frequency oh, again no. so she and M can't communicate she has no idea if M can even still see see any of her stuff sees, yeah. yeah and maybe can't help her at all mm -hmm. and she's also starting to run out of battery because the suit has batteries right <laughs> and the camps have batteries Fresh batteries yeah. but she has to get back to one of them first yeah. so she keeps going because that's sort of her only option mm -hmm. she thinks she sees one of the the teammates who died mm -hmm. like that she saw die on the recording but then that person seems to vanish mm -hmm. and Geyer starts to feel like a weird tug in side of her is how it's described mm -hmm. and it's it's pulling her to come home unclear what that means interesting oh that's so scary oh, okay <laughs> she yeah. also realizes that she's been going in circles mm -hmm. that she's like gotten all turned around and she she can't really stop because she's running lower and lower on on batteries mm -hmm. finally she finds she finds a cache one of the supply caches but she goes to take the spare battery and something happens like to her suit so that her hand like spasms mm -hmm. and she crushes it before she can actually put it into her mm -hmm. suit so oh my god. she's still out of luck. Yeah, she's oh my god. still, Good she's luck still running back low on battery. Five. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So she sinks into sleep and she wakes up to this very strange message across her, her suit. Her sure. suit yeah. that says signal lost, download aborted. She doesn't know what was trying to be downloaded, but that's concerning. Mm -hmm. But she's able to figure out how to leave what she calls like the ghost channel, like mm -hmm. the weird frequency that she got to, and get back on M's channel. Okay. And M is completely relieved to hear from her, like she bursts into tears, okay. and she thought that Geyer had died, because mm. she was unable to see any. Geyer's like, what about this message I got? I'm, I'm really concerned. What are you downloading? <laughs> yeah. Or like, was that even M? Because she was supposedly disconnected mm -hmm. from M. Oh um, my god. So M says that maybe Geyer got into range of some other cave and like some other tech company mm -hmm. and they maybe tried to download something because they registered that she was unconnected. Geyer is like, uh, I guess. Not really much um, more you could say at this point, right? Like, Yeah. M tells her that she thinks she was affected by those spores mm -hmm. and that like her hormones were all over the place and like something was going wrong. They sort of argue about what the safest route back 
ends. Like they, they know she needs to get a battery. Mm-hmm. And that I think at this point also they're like, yeah, you should probably get out of these caves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, these haunted caves. Yeah. And M says that the comms are going to use too much power. And she realizes that M knows she's been recording this whole time. Mm-hmm. And like knows that Geyer was going to work against M once they got out. Mm-hmm. That introduces a new concern. Yeah. She starts to hear the rumble of a tunneler because they're big enough that they kind of shake the yeah, earth. Yeah. But it's far enough away that it's not a huge concern. Okay. Still a little bit of a concern. Right. But like theoretically she should be okay as long as she's in the suit. So they, they've cut comms because those use too much power. So she leaves a message for M saying that like if she dies down there she wants M to go on and she gets back to the long drop Treacherous. and she finds Jenny's body, one of the other cavers mm-hmm. that still has the battery in its suit and so she's like oh maybe yeah. I can take her battery so she takes it out but it's broken so like it still has charge yeah but she'd have to like hold it into the slot which like isn't ideal well when you're also trying to climb and yeah Yeah, exactly so she has to go i think up the long drop okay while the battery is continuing to tick down Uh, Um, and i think like if the battery runs out she won't be able to move at all sure she does she does take the battery with her okay so she's she's actually going down the long drop because she's getting back to camp five Oh, okay. Because that just that was like the that easiest the, camp to I get see, to. Yeah, yeah. Like the one that she had the most chance of like getting the battery to yeah, last yeah, yeah, for. Yeah. And I think maybe also what factored into it was knowing that Jenny's body was there and mm-hmm. that that might be a battery. But then that obviously didn't work out perfectly. Didn't really pan out. At one point when she's going through, I think around Camp Five, she sees Isolde again, mm. and she tries to reach for her, but Isolde backs away and then vanishes. Mm. And Geyer sees a, a line going down into this, like, crevice, sure. I guess. Okay. Like a rope? Yeah, like like one of the ropes that, like, she uses to climb. Okay. And so she's like, this is a bit weird. Mm-hmm. But she, she decides that she's going to cut the rope. And then if it is Isolde, if it is somebody else's, like, if they're still climbing on it, maybe that will end whatever threat. Mm-hmm. So she cuts the rope, but she doesn't hear anything hit the ground. Mm. So she's, like, not sure if she's hallucinating. Fascinating, Spooky, yeah. Or if it's a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Uncertain. So she, for some reason, this particular cache is, like, it's it's a sealed box. Mm. There are all these sealed boxes. And okay. for some reason, this one is in, like, a little bit of water. So she pulls it out of the water and finds that it's empty. Uh. And that specifically what happened is that everything has been dumped out of it. Ah, uh, okay. And so the batteries... Ruined. Are, yeah, they're shorted out. Yeah. They've been in water. They're not good. And so she's like... Like, was this sabotage by somebody or did I just not close it properly mm-hmm. when I left it the last time because she would have grabbed some stuff out mm-hmm. when she's going back and forth yeah 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 so she's at 14% battery okay and basically her only hope at this point is to continue on to camp six again yeah and the suit is like starting to shut down as she goes she's running out of steam she manages to use Jenny's battery like okay. she she sort of holds it in and yeah. keeps going. That keeps her going a little bit longer. She she calls M and she tries to apologize for the recording she was making, tries to apologize for her plan to basically screw M over once mm-hmm. they got out of this. And M is like, do you trust me? And after a little bit of internal struggle, yeah. Geyer says yes. And then M says she understands about the recording and she's sorry. And then she like blinks out, but M is able to take 
take control of the suit okay. externally yeah. and like force it onwards yeah. even as it runs out of battery. Yeah. Like literally drags Guyer's mm-hmm, body mm-hmm. in the suit towards the batteries and manages to get a new one in nice. at Camp 6. Awesome. Okay. Good, 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 good. <laughs> yeah. So they hear the tunneler again. Mm-hmm. It's getting closer. And Guyer thinks, I, I, I think I, I skipped this, but I think it's when she thought she saw Isolde. Mm-hmm. She opened her helmet. There's like a little screen or flap or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she thinks maybe that's why the tunneler's coming is because she there was, yeah, there was like that little bit of heat, that little bit of scent that mm-hmm. was released. Mm-hmm. So it knows someone's down here. She and M have like a conversation where they're both like, yep, we're both kind of screwed up, mm-hmm. <laughs> have made some mistakes. And M okay. says that she couldn't bear to lose Geyer at this point, which is touching if concerning. <laughs> Strange, but sure, sure, sure. They agree that she will sedate Geyer so she can get some rest. Mm-hmm. But in the morning, whenever she wakes up, mm-hmm. the, the tunneler's still around, but it hasn't attacked. Geyer feels like it's circling or like waiting. M makes like one request is like, hey Geyer, like you're already here. What if you made one last attempt at the hell sum? Mm-hmm. Geyer realizes that M will always be trapped down there. Mm-hmm. Like mentally, like she's she's so wound up in this question of what happened to her parents mm-hmm. that like she's kind of a goner. Mm-hmm. So Geyer refuses to go on right. and she takes the rest of the batteries that are at Camp 6 and smashes them so that nobody else can ever like... Attempt. Yeah, basically that like M could potentially get people to restock all of these camps right. but it would take a really long time. Yeah. So it's sort of like an attempt to make sure that there will be no other cavers. Yeah. Gaia refuses to go into the hell sump and she tries to get back to Camp 5 which involves another sump, like a simpler one, but yeah. it does involve a sump. And as she's swimming, doing I think a combination of swimming and putting bolts into the wall to like hold herself sure, sure, in place okay. and like ropes and stuff. And the tunneler comes very, very close. It, it tunnels nearby sort of through the sump, okay. which creates a new current. Sure. Which sucks her away okay. out of the out of the, the sump that she's in. And when she opens her eyes again, she's in the chamber with all the bodies. Oh. M's father yeah, yeah, yeah. and her parents' teammates. Yeah, okay. So sort of accidentally gets to the goal. Mm-hmm. Something in the water has like preserved them perfectly. Okay. I guess less gruesome? Yeah, yeah. Mm, questionably. Yeah. M M freaks out. <laughs> And, like, steps away. Yeah. Which is not ideal, but okay. Because they're successful. She's excited and... and yeah. I mean, I, I think she's more, like, upset okay. than excited. Right. I mean, obviously, there's the realization that she has achieved this goal. Yeah. But also, what do you do at that point? And also, out? yeah, and also through, like, the cameras, she's seen the body of her father, which I'm sure is a little bit upsetting. Mm-hmm. There's sort of a portion of the cave that's, like, up and out of the water. Mm-hmm. So Geyer pulls all the bodies out and kind of lays them out. M finally returns, and, and Geyer tells her that she should let herself grieve. And Isolde's body is not there, which means that, like, if she did go into the caves, she never made it that far. Mm-hmm. And Geyer thinks that it's it's all been kind of sad and pointless all these lives lost mm-hmm. for for what? Nothing, really. Yeah. And there's now really no hope of ever finding Em's mom or figuring out what happened to her. Em says that she's an awful person and Geyer's like, yeah, you're you're pretty much a monster. Ooh. But also says that she's human yeah. 
yeah. and that like people are selfish and right. basically just says that yes this is horrible but it's also understandable yeah, it's horrible but par for the course so yeah yeah <laughs> that's just the way people are Geyer sort of does a little funeral and M says to Geyer that she's not alone anymore they have each other mm-hmm. as like messed up as that is mm-hmm. and Geyer feels kind of seen by that like she she appreciates the sentiment but she's also like mm. there's also I think something wrong with her suit at least it seems like there's something wrong with her suit probably just from the wear and tear that it has gone through mm-hmm. she she finally opens like the file that M sent her about Geyer's mom she realizes that she's basically doing the same thing as her mom has done which is like abandoning her own life and also the same thing that M has been doing which mm-hmm. is abandoning life in order to search for their mother that she has not constructed a future beyond her mother. Mm. Geyer starts heading back because now it's all done. There's nothing left to do. But she feels like something's kind of calling her back to Camp 6 and to the Mm. Hellsome. Come home. Yeah. Mm. She sees Jenny's body at Camp 4 splayed out and decomposing, which it shouldn't be doing. Like, I think the suit kind of stops that. She can't really sleep and she's not sure if what she's seeing is real or not. She decides to just keep going. Also around Camp 4, she spots an empty suit, which M confirms for her was not there before. Yeah. Oh my god. And also the missing supplies from Camp 4. Mm-hmm. And Geyer reads the the serial number on the suit and M identifies it as Eli who was like the person before Geyer who had been sent down or at least the last person that actually made it to the hellsome and tried that and she realizes now that like oh he must have actually survived like she had written him off as dead because they lost contact but he, he must have actually made it out so that's sort of the I guess explanation ish of like what's been happening with like the other mm-hmm, the, the person in there sure yeah yeah, although like there's nobody in the suit, which is troubling, concerning. Also, I think that's a big jump to say <laughs> he made it out. So yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And again, like Geyer keeps going. She thinks she hears footsteps, and at one point she sees Isolde again. Again. <laughs> and says something to M this time, and M's like, "There's nothing there. Like you're not seeing anything." And Geyer switches between like the reconstructed 3D image and like her headlight, and yeah. she sees Isolde the same on both. Okay. And Isolde tries to entice her to stay in the cave. Really. And she opens her face mask to try and talk to Isolde, and she starts to realize a couple things. One of which is that Isolde is not as old as she should be. Okay. Like she looks like she did on the expedition, which would have been, like, ten plus years ago. Yeah. And also that, like, her breath should be fogging, mm-hmm. and that it's not. And then as soon as Gaia realizes that, when his old is speaking, her breath fogs. Mm. And then rumbling starts, and oh the, the tunneler is coming okay. for her, because yeah. she's opened her, yeah. Yeah, her yeah. visor. She shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And so she, she takes off running. She, she manages to get out of the way of the tunneler, but she gets smashed up pretty badly in the process. Like, the suit is ruptured, the part that, like, goes into her stomach gets dislodged. Oh, no. One of her arms is basically crushed. Right. Like, against the rock. Sure. She she has the option still to basically give herself... yeah, Yeah, give herself a deadly dose of morphine. But she doesn't want it. She she knows that if she dies down here, like, M will never move on from that. Mm-hmm. And also she just doesn't want to die in this cave. Indeed. 
understandably. Mm -hmm. She demands that M amputate the arm because the suit can Can do that, that, I guess. And M refuses, but Geyer manages to somehow get the suit to do it for her, which is horrifying. I bet. Inside the suit? Yeah, like, like I think, I think what happens is it sort of cuts and seals. Okay, yeah. So it's not like she's in danger of alerting the tunneler again with it, but it's... I mean, her suit's ruptured elsewhere, right? And basically says that Geyer has about a day left Mm -hmm. as it is. Her suit can't swap batteries anymore Mm -hmm. because that's damaged. Uh, She also can't eat or drink anything Mm because the thing in her stomach has been disrupted. But does admit that the amputation bought her some time. Mm -hmm. And I guess she's able to get enough morphine to not be in total agony from Mm -hmm. the amputation. And M refuses to medicate her without her permission and believes that she can still get out. Mm -hmm. And there's a line where where Geyer is reflecting on both of them and, and sort of both of their outlooks and, and says that they're they were both ruined they were broken mm. Geyer figures out how to get from where she is back to camp four and this is where there's that shaft that leads up to the surface mm-hmm. that like nobody has tried to come right, down because right, that's right. a more dangerous way in but if she can get there M says she can come and get her mm-hmm. and M tells her to picture showing up to her mom and being magnificent mm-hmm. M sort of withdraws a little bit so that she can order Geyer to keep moving she's just like pretty much doing anything she can to keep Geyer awake and moving forward sure. she reads off the list of the dead and she sings to Geyer and does all this stuff just to like keep her moving yeah, basically exactly. keep her conscious yeah. Yeah, (laughs) and the the tunneler reappears. Uh, We finally get to see it. At this point, it's just been... Sound, vibrations. Yeah, and like tunneling about in the background. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's a worm, I think, as we... I I don't know if I stated that up front, but I think we were both picturing a worm. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's definitely a worm. It's like iridescent. M tells her that it hates human voices. So Geyer just starts yelling at it. Oh, Right, okay. Like screaming at it. To try to scare it away? Yeah, to try and scare it away. And it actually, it actually works. Mm -hmm. It ends up sort of like backing up and like falling into a chasm Mm -hmm. and dies apparently. Okay. So that's, that's nice. There you go. (laughs) You know, don't get much closure from a lot of things, but. That's one. They killed the worm. They killed the worm. That's good. Excellent. Gaia's a little bit worried that she like wasted herself trying to fight it. Right. Like the last of her energy. She considers using the morphine she decides against it for sort of M's sake like she wants to actually meet in person and she gets to the long drop and she sees Jenny's body again and it's been sort of overtaken by fungus interesting and and it's glowing oh no yeah Uh. (laughs) indeed and Geyer's like pretty properly not doing well Sure. She sees Isolde, who now Again. looks her proper age. Right. And she sees Eli, uh-huh. the the caver who may or may not be Dead. around yeah. somewhere. Okay. And Geyer takes her helmet off, and Isolde sort of entices her to take like the rest of the suit off. Mm. And she, she lays down beside Jenny's body and feels a sense of relief that like all of the dead are there together. Sure. In a way. What is Isolde saying in particular? Just like... um, I don't have any specific lines, and yeah. I think a lot of it is very... Like, I don't think she speaks out loud during oh, the okay, scene. Okay. It's all sort of, like, subliminal messaging. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as we'll see, it's all very uncertain as to how much of this is 
in any way real. Mm-hmm. She she sort of sees like the long drop fill up with water, and she sees Eli and Isolde within the water, and they're sort of calling to her in some way to like join them. Yeah, come home, home, stay with the cave. But she ends up turning away from it, refusing the invitation. And then she hears footsteps and suddenly M is there. And she's like, I don't know if this is real. Like, she she can't tell at this point. M says that she's going to bring Geyer home. And Geyer says this is home and says that M should stay with her and that this is where they belong. And M says that maybe she belongs there, but Geyer deserves the sunlight. They have this really interesting exchange where Geyer's like, oh, it's this damn cave. Like, this is the problem. And M says, it's just a hole. It never deserved any of you. Mm. Promises to, like, seal the cave so nobody else can ever get in. Geyer makes one last request to get Jenny's body out as well. They're both kind of there. And M agrees. And she's brought, like, a team with her. Mm. So they load Geyer onto a stretcher to, like, lift her back out of this this shaft. And the last thing she feels before passing out is the sunlight on her. And then we jump ahead to three weeks later, where Gaia is in the hospital. So that part was real. She did get out. She did get out. And it was actually M there. Yes, it was actually M there, and did, in fact, go down into the cave to get her. And Gaia admits that she still feels the pull, even though, like, consciously she doesn't want to go back there. Yeah. Because obviously. She still has access to those recordings in the black box, but she doesn't really want to use it now. She still sort of, she has this thought about, like, it's it's sort of a leash wrapped around her horrible, beautiful monster's throat. Mm. And she asks M to buy two tickets off-world and says, like, we should both go and confront my mother. She says she doesn't want to be alone, and that they both know what it's like to be alone, but that, like, they went through so much down there together. She wants to experience whatever pain and like hate and need together they kiss and Geyer has the thought that like there's sort of a small fleck of humanity left right right. and that they can either die or they can try and grow Mm -hmm. together and that's where the book closes oh wow oh my gosh well like usually usually when we do this especially during the wrap-up it kind of gives me some time to reflect think and analyze (laughs) and and have something you know intelligent to say uh, at the close but I was right on the edge of my seat right up until the very end there so wow oh my gosh a lot to unpack a lot of unanswered questions still eh it's yes yes and I think that's what puts it for me more squarely in the realm of horror rather Mm -hmm. than sci-fi because like horror doesn't really have to explain itself exactly yeah I feel like with science fiction the expectation is that it will Mm -hmm. at some point Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's why they have all that you know crazy future tech so they can explain things yeah exactly but with this you know the fungus the fungus overtaking Jenny did the fungus even overtake Jenny we don't know hallucinations <laughs> could the hallucinations be because of the fungus in her suit right yeah. just so many unanswered is all right yeah. and and what was his name Eli yeah why how you know are they ghosts is this a ghost cave that's the thing like they leave they leave so much of this up to kind of reader interpretation mm-hmm. and just generally like uncertainty of was it the fungus was Geyer just going crazy mm-hmm. because she'd been in a cave mm-hmm. for some unknown amount of time weeks potentially weeks probably weeks probably not as much as months but probably weeks I don't I don't know that we're given like a super clear yeah. time 
timeline, yeah. but... Or, was there genuinely something supernatural happening in this cave? Yeah, is the cave itself supernatural? I, I don't know. Is it is it supernatural if you're on a different planet, right? Or is it yeah. just extra na- natural? I don't know, yeah. you know? like it's. Well, that's, that's the thing. I feel like when I read the book the first time, I was definitely like, oh, it's either the spores or it's just her going crazy. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, but it doesn't necessarily make sense to discount the paranormal just because it's on a different planet. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason why there can't be ghosts in space. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, no, absolutely, right? <laughs> so, honest hats off to Caitlin Starling. Yeah. This is phenomenal. What a rock. <laughs> that being said, I'm showing myself a little bit. I love horror. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love the, the genre. And I'll also say that by, by sealing off that cave, you've uh, created the perfect conditions for uh, another horrible discovery, <laughs> archaeological discovery in a uh, hundred years or yeah. so. You know, it's, uh, that's an excellent little... I don't know if any of our listeners are familiar with the SPC series, the SPC universe. S- SCP? Secure? Anyway, th- this reminded me quite a bit of that. But, oh, okay, all that said, let's take a look at some of the themes here. You, you mentioned grief at mm. the top of the recording definitely grief mm-hmm. at the the loss of both of their parents right mm-hmm. grief at the, the the thought of I don't know everything that they that they lost that they could have had an obsession kind of stemming mm-hmm. from that for both of them indeed yeah um, and then once they find it and like you said upset again even more grief yes sure at the loss of her father but also this monumental goal she's achieved it right you know what yeah. next you even mentioned she hadn't really thought about what comes next mm-hmm. right so definitely themes of grief but also and I think this is probably the the main one for me desperation and that goes yeah. that, that kind of goes <laughs> hand in hand with the genre though right yeah. you know you have to be desperate enough to, to accept a job with so many yellow red and orange flags right and I wonder part of what stands out I think to me about this book is like yes there's the horror element of whatever it is that's going on in the cave mm-hmm. whatever your interpretation of that mm-hmm. is but also the everyday horror of being kind of at the whims of your trauma and your pain and mm-hmm. the things that are unresolved mm-hmm. in your life mm-hmm. and and also just you know working for questionable indeed. people indeed <laughs> indeed and and from that actually question is this would you call M our antagonist it's hard to say yeah. it's definitely not the tunneler you know like <laughs> I mean, the, I, I think you could make a strong argument that the antagonist is the cave. Indeed, but, fair enough. Well said, well said. But also, yeah, there, there's an argument I think to be made that M is the antagonist. Like, mm-hmm. she is working against our protagonist As at several lies points. Lies to her so many times. Yeah. Drugs her, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, it's, and then that's another thing that I have here deceit and, mm. and manipulation yes. you know I'm yes. very curious to get your read on M and I guess it's it's kind of it's, it's made plain in the fact that they discuss how monstrous she is yeah. right but bad bad person excellent character yeah. I was about to say bad character <laughs> no excellent character bad bad person so (laughs) yeah I I would agree with you that like I I think her character is really fascinating Mm -hmm. and I think that the like weird bond she forms with Geyer is Mm -hmm. really fascinating Mm -hmm. especially because it's like ooh this is not a healthy relationship at all shared trauma shared (laughs) trauma they're parallel right yeah yeah but it's it's fascinating to see this parallel like work its way out I don't think Geyer is a bad person but like the ways in which she is equally drawn to 
M for the the shared pain and grief mm-hmm. that they've been through. I honestly, I find monstrosity, I, I think that's a very strong word, and mm-hmm. I love that it's used in this book. Mm-hmm. I find monstrosity to be a really interesting subject, mm-hmm. whether that's like literal or figurative. Mm-hmm. And I, I particularly love like monstrous women. Yeah. Because I think that's, I think that's an area that's like often not explored mm-hmm. in as much depth as it could be. Right, right. Like, we have all these sort of stories of, you know, if we want to look at a broad horror genre, I think there's a lot of, especially within folklore and stuff, of, of examples of monstrous women in mm-hmm. some senses. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got, like, mermaids mm-hmm. and sirens where they would drag sailors to their deaths and... Medusa. Yeah, Medusa. There's a lot of examples of that sort of monstrosity in women. Right. Um, but I find it really interesting when that's explored in sort of a, a more, I guess, modern Indeed, yeah. approach. <laughs> well, and I'm glad as well that they, they didn't, with, as you say, Medusa, Sirens, other dark, monstrous women, which, by the way, someone's got to print that on a t-shirt. You know, that's uh, <laughs> circulate that widely. Monstrous women, wear it with pride. But in, in any case, I'm glad that they didn't go the route of M kind of enticing, you know? She, yeah. she was just straight up monstrous, right? Yeah. At some points, even controlling Gaia through the suit, forcing her to walk on further into the, the hell sump. Excellent name, by the <laughs> yeah. way. Just wonderful world building. And and, and regarding the fact that they're, they're parallel characters, that's at least something that I got. The fact mm-hmm. that they're they're so similar. Oh, and you don't get a happy ending very often in a horror, I know. horror book, right? <laughs> Was not expecting that. <laughs> I mean, I would maybe questionably happy. <laughs> sure. Because, like, again, I don't think the relationship that Em and Geyer have found at the end is necessarily a healthy relationship. No, yeah, it's a little twisted, isn't it's it? It's a little bit twisted. The fact that Geyer is, like, still holding on to the blackmail material she mm-hmm, has. Mm-hmm. A leash. But... I love the way that's described. Yeah, me too. too. Yeah. Me too. But I'm glad that Geyer does get out of the cave, mm-hmm. and I like the kind of hopeful ending that they get. Mm-hmm. That it's like, oh, like, yes, they're both very screwed up people, mm-hmm. but also, like, maybe there's a chance for growth here. Right, right. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, so there was all of that. The come home yeah i'm curious what are your thoughts on that trying to entice them to stay in the cave multiple trying to entice yeah them. i and i don't know honestly like yeah. i said it's there there's different interpretations and i think all of them have some validity to them mm-hmm. i will be and this is my own bias that like i like paranormal things mm-hmm. and i will always prefer a paranormal explanation over like a oh the protagonist was just crazy mm-hmm. explanation mm-hmm. for something mm-hmm. so i like to think that there was something going on with that cave mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't know what it was, whether that's ghosts, whether that's fungus. Yeah. Although I think ghosts are a little more interesting. Agreed. But... And uh, well, I mean, the suit, Eli's mm-hmm. suit, right? That wasn't there on the descent. And then it was there yeah. and M confirmed it, right? She yes. saw it too. Yes. So uh, I definitely think there, there, was, <laughs> there, was some... there must be some paranormal element. Yes. And it's all, I think all of the things that happened are explained by both the the fact that Eli is there, Mm -hmm. like he was the one who took the supplies, Mm -hmm. he is potentially the person whose face Geyer saw potentially, and like just mistook him for Isolde. Mm -hmm. That's that's very possible. Mm -hmm. So so everything is sort of rationally explainable. Mm -hmm. It's just that it leaves a lot of questions. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. The rope? Yeah, the the rope. rope. 
was right. that one of Eli's? Yeah. Was it even real? Was it right? real? Why yeah. didn't she hear it hit the ground? It's just, like you said, so many questions, yeah. uh, so many things left unanswered, and I love that. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, like, how do you feel about that? Oh my gosh. So much, so much, like, left, sort of, up to interpretation or yeah. unanswered. You know, I was gonna say I don't generally like that in other forms of fiction, but I do. It really depends on a case-to-case <laughs> basis. In particular, though, I love that with my horror. I yeah. love horror that is too dark to comprehend or, you know, like, mm-hmm. beyond human comprehension, whether that's explained explicitly to us or, or not, demonstrated yeah. to us like they have here. Or just generally, like, not explained within the text. Indeed, like, yeah. I love that in this yeah. case. Honest, it's perfect segue into my <laughs> usual closing question, were you satisfied? I'll go first by yeah. saying that given that it was suspenseful, it was sci-fi horror, which happens to be one of my favorite genres, yeah. like subgenres, if you will, and the fact that there was a moderately happy ending. It was mm. filled with twists. I loved it. I, I'm very <laughs> satisfied, to be honest. I I was also going to ask if you thought there was sequel potential here, but it doesn't even need it, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think if they were to write a sequel, it would potentially fall out of the realm of horror. Mm. I mean, they could they could do more with, like, the, the tunnels, mm. and they could do more with, like, that whole yeah. concept. Yeah. yeah, but, like, if they were to continue, like, Geyer and M's story, I think that would be yeah, settling something down. else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Learning to live with their trauma. Yes, yeah. <laughs> indeed. Different book. But in any case, what are your thoughts? Were you satisfied? Yeah, I was actually. Like, I often like to have at least a little bit of explanation mm-hmm. about sort of what's mm-hmm. what's going on it's to some true. extent. It's true. Sometimes, if there's, like, no explanation whatsoever, it can be frustrating, Yeah. Right? It can be almost a cop-out. Yeah, but. yeah, exactly. Like, I'm happy to accept an explanation that's kind of, especially in the genre of horror, because mm-hmm. especially if it's paranormal, if it, you're just like, ghosts are a thing, maybe. Right. I'm, I'm happy to accept that <laughs> as an answer. Sure. I don't need to go in-depth into, like, why ghosts are a thing. Sure. Or, like, if we're talking eldritch horror, mm-hmm. I, I'm okay accepting that, like, there are just these monsters that are outside of our understanding. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, this kind of ending where it's like, was it spooky? Or mm-hmm. was it fungus? Or mm-hmm. was she just crazy? Like, mm-hmm. that is something that I'm a little bit less, like, into mm-hmm. as a general rule. Mm-hmm. But something about this book really worked for me. And mm-hmm. I think part of it was that, like, the characters are so strong mm-hmm. and, like, the relationship is so strong. Indeed, and yeah. that, like, they get a very satisfying ending. It's open-ended obviously, Mm -hmm. kind of bittersweet but I really like that element of it and Mm -hmm. so I think that really made up for any lingering doubts I might have had about the actual plot of the story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, another question. The title of the book is The Luminous Dead, of course Mm -hmm. and that is very clearly alluding to the the fungus. Yeah. Um, Do you think there's more to it there? Or do you think it's just, it it all just (laughs) falls under the, we just don't know? I think it falls under the, the, we just don't know. I think it's like obviously Geyer was at real risk of becoming part of the dead. Mm-hmm. There's a sense there of collectivity. Mm-hmm. If that, I'm not sure if that's a word, but like <laughs> certainly though. Yeah, I I get you. I agree. Yeah, that like there's something about the amount of people who have died in this cave specifically mm-hmm. that has kind of, if not in like a a literal sense, mm-hmm. created a bit of a, a haunting mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. it, and that might just be in like a 
all in your mind kind of way, but just that the amount of the amount of lives that this cave has claimed mm. is quite high. I find it interesting as well that maybe I, I'm misremembering, maybe I don't remember quite perfectly, but did Isol was it confirmed that she returned to the cave? I think if I'm remembering correctly, basically she was last spotted like going into the cave yeah, or yeah. just outside of the cave several years before the events of this book. Mm-hmm. So her body is probably down there somewhere. Yeah, the fact that she returned, the fact that she felt yeah. compelled enough to return, whether yeah. that's out of a love and the need for closure for her, mm-hmm. her lost husband, similar to M's quest for closure, or whether it was something more, as you say, paranormal, whether mm-hmm. the, the mushrooms themselves are the paranormal thing, or the, the yeah. fungus, rather. Um, just uh, interesting. Yeah. Lots to discuss, lots yeah. to think about. That, like, there's, whether it's psychological or paranormal mm-hmm. or Both. fungal. Yeah, indeed, yeah. <laughs> or all, all three. Yeah. That, like, there is something calling people back to this cave. Mm-hmm. That people get stuck down there and in not just the literal way. Yeah. Em is, indeed, a very interesting character. I think interesting partially because she is understandable in some ways. Oh, totally. Monster in us all. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think Guy has a thought about that, too. That, yeah. like, <laughs> not that we would all do the same thing, necessarily, mm-hmm. but that grief can drive people to mm-hmm. do some, some pretty horrible things sometimes. Or at least just some deeply maladjusted things. Indeed, indeed. And not to mention the fact that, touching on the monster within us all, Gaia falls for, right? This mm-hmm. person who's responsible for the deaths of 27 people. Yeah. And she's still, you know, yeah, sure, I'll kiss you. You know, why, <laughs> why not run away together? Yeah, we'll uh, go, go see my mom. That in itself is perhaps a little bit monstrous and just yeah. makes, you, makes you think. Who hasn't wanted to kiss the monster? <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> but fair enough, that's that's all I've got. I don't know if you had more you wanted to discuss I... or draw our attention to. No, I didn't necessarily. And I disagree with your point earlier about it not being uh, a great cinematic experience. I think this could be an amazing movie, <laughs> honestly. It, like, the only thing that I'm not certain about is how they would do, like, a lot of this book is, like, it would potentially be very cheap yeah. to film because it is one sure. person in the dark mm-hmm. in a cave, mm-hmm. and you could probably get a lot out of that. I love those movies. Right, uh, what was that? 147 hours or whatever? Yeah, 127 hours. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, there's that one. There's, like you said, any bottle episode movies. Yeah. Um, I definitely saw... God, I, I'm trying to remember what the actual... I, I saw this book compared to, like, A Cross Between the Descent, mm-hmm. and I don't remember what the other movie mm-hmm. was. Sure. But, right. like, definitely I, I get the Descent vibes mm-hmm. from this. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. I find, at least, that it's rare to find horror movies that are great. Yeah. So, I make this into a movie. That's yeah. all I'm saying. That's <laughs> Do all it, I'm, Hollywood. Yeah, come on. To all the big, big uh, shot producers that are listening to us. Yeah. <laughs> Do and, it. Oh, the other... The other other question maybe and this is maybe hard for you to answer because you didn't actually read it <laughs> but I wonder where you come down on the line between like horror and thriller I guess mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I found this book to be quite I, I want to say scary but also maybe it's just that it was very suspenseful mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's hard to say right because I don't want to say that that distinction is necessarily paranormal because it's not at all no. right but but there's a lot of suspense just from the cave itself there was a lot of danger which yeah. implies through thriller, right? You know, mm-hmm. like the main character danger, they, they have to escape, yada yada, but then there were also some more horror-ish elements, right? Yeah. Like, there's a monster that's t- tunneling around in there with you, right? Yeah. And, 
and that's it's thriller because it makes you worried and it gives you the anxiety but it's also horror because you see it and it's it eats people and it's scary you know and (laughs) there's more horror elements and are these people ghosts are these people Mm -hmm. ghosts or are they just figments of your imagination i feel like if it's just in your head Mm -hmm. if if it's psychologically based then it's more thriller but if they're ghosts (laughs) or if they're fungal then it's more horror i don't know it's for me maybe it's thriller is more psychological introspective our main character is afraid because of the situation that they're in and and it's causing them anxiety whereas horror is more there is some sort of an external force be it paranormal or not that is imposing horribleness on our protagonist yeah and and it's it's a little bit of both isn't it yeah and it's i think it's a little (laughs) bit of a nebulous distinction distinction like i don't think you would consider 127 hours to be a horror movie indeed but it's a thriller it's a suspense movie certainly and on the other hand compare with the descent like Mm -hmm. that's a movie where they are in a cave and like yes the atmosphere is part of that fear Mm -hmm. but also there are monsters chasing Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. Uh, right and that's what puts that from squarely in horror for me yeah exactly the the distinction is nebulous but obviously like in an official sense this is a horror book Mm -hmm. lovely lovely so i guess is it a read is it do you yeah i recommend recommend? yeah i mean i think we've maybe spoiled some of the (laughs) impact of reading it but yeah i i do still recommend reading it like i think probably the suspenseful elements will still hold up Mm -hmm. like the writing is really i would definitely recommend reading it for yourself love it i think that's everything we can probably wrap her up (laughs) lovely (laughs) then in that case what are we what are we reading next yes what are we reading good question (laughs) (laughs) next time as we will still be within the month of october we're going to be reading another spooky book this one i think a bit of a more traditional horror book i would say also a fairly recent release it's called the twisted ones okay uh, by T. Kingfisher. Okay. It's not the Five Nights at Freddy's novel. It's something else. I know there is a a FNAF novel called The Twisted Ones. It's not that. (laughs) Okay. Very good. Very good. Twisted one. Mm -hmm. Look forward to it. If you've enjoyed listening, and presumably you have since you made it all the way to the end, please leave a rating, thumbs up, like, or subscribe. Depending on your respective podcast streaming platform, you can find all of our episodes on Buzzsprout as the Brodacious Book Club, and you can reach us at brodaciousbook club at gmail.com you can also find us on facebook and twitter as book brodacious thanks so much for listening everyone i've been aaron rockford you can reach me at pineapple fury on twitter and again yeah thank you guys so much for listening see you next time i'm matt thomas and you can reach me at ms thomas 95 on twitter and um stay monstrous stay monstrous yeah <laughs> kiss a monster kiss a monster everyone always do that yeah. <laughs>